There are things in the world that change when we least expect it. Then there are things that if we want them to change, we have to make it happen ourselves. Whether it's social, personal, or even economic, positive changes in life don't always come quickly or easily. It takes courage and perseverance. It takes focus. And a lot of times, it takes help. To change a perception, or a lot of perceptions, isn't an easy task. You have to help people to unlearn what they thought they knew, and you have to show them why they should consider looking at things differently. You have to give them a better story to be a part of. First impressions don't erase easily. People can become very comfortable, well, in their comfort zone. But preconceptions are made to be broken, and bad habits are only habits until they're not. We learn, we grow, and then we learn some more. We advance and improve ourselves and the industries we're in. And if we're smart and lucky, we have a whole lot of fun along the way. Hi, I'm Louise Salas, and welcome to the Designated Drinker Show, the show that's raising the bar on craft cocktails. And today we're coming to you from the Napoleon House. Yes, that's New Orleans, the French Quarter. So, you know, it's five o'clock somewhere, and Gina, you know what that means. It's time to drink. Yes, it is time to drink. With me, as always, is my partner in crime, and quite possibly my ride home. It's Gina. Hey, everybody. Uh, yes, I'm Gina Tresavani, and as always, I'm ready to get the drinks flowing for today's designated drinker. God bless Gina. Welcome to the show, Kelly the Director of Public Relations for the Distilled Spirits Council. Thanks so much for having me. This is exciting. Thanks for coming. So uh, tell us, what is the Distilled Spirits Council? So we are a trade association for the spirit sector. Um, our members consist of the large spirit producers, and then we also have over 150 um, small U.S. Uh, dis- distillers. Um, so basically what we do at the very high level is we advocate for the industry and we essentially help promote um, market access for spirits for adult consumers. So if you think um, about modernizing all of the uh, alcohol laws that were so outdated. Those to damn blue laws. Yes, exactly. So we've had a lot of success in terms of modernizing the laws and, of course, um, uh, helping adult consumers get access to them. So on Sundays, you know, and now I think it's 44 <laughs> states, you can finally buy alcohol on Sundays. Yay to that. Um, and then, of course, we also work um, against higher taxes, reduce trade barriers across the globe. We help promote cultural acceptance and um, spirits advocacy. So when you say that cultural ex- uh, acceptance, yeah. what does that mean? Yeah, so essentially it's just kind of getting spirits sort of to the the same level as beer and beer and wine, um, you know, especially as it becomes c- part of the cultural norm. So, you know, cultural acceptance would be having Andy Cohen have cocktails on his show. Yeah. Um, and now we're kind of surpassing that level of it becoming part of the social norm. Yeah. And now we're finding advocates in the industry that aren't just bartenders. They're the, they're the general consumers that are, you know, at their, at their family parties or even with friends and saying, hey, I just tried this awesome new whiskey. You need to try it. 
Um, so that's sort of sort of what we do. And then, of course, um, one of the, the bigger ones as well is just encouraging responsible drinking and how to drink responsibly and, and in moderation as well. It's funny as I guess I just don't, it's obviously organically happening because I, I, I didn't identify until you and I started talking. Yeah. Um, like seeing them drink on Jimmy Fallon. I know Jose Andreas was there making margaritas at one point. You see it on the Today Show right. where wine has been there. Um, but yeah, I see more and more like cocktail and spirits. And yeah, obviously the laws are handled differently, but I guess you just, you know, I just didn't pay attention to how the media is handling it differently, which is obviously a yeah. cue that acceptance. Like, yeah, exactly. And you know, changing. now, you know, maybe five, even five years ago, you would have food and wine pairings. Now there's food and cocktail pairings. And a lot lot of that um, I mean there's a, a ton of, of factors that help to the growth but a lot of that also starts with the the bartender and the cultural uh, excuse me the cocktail renaissance and um, you know the bartender and the mixologist sort of being that person face to face with the consumer and kind of getting them excited about the industry uh, absolutely I mean look at tales alone I mean there's over 90 dinners Happening right. one time, all pairings, and this is our... It, tales of the Cocktail. Tales of the Cocktail. Sorry, Tales no. of the Cocktail. Yeah, just, just um, so for everyone else when they're like, Tales, what the uh, hell what are you talking tales? about? What, what, uh, is, what does a dog tail have to do I, with I know, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> tales of the Cocktail. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, it's everywhere, though. It's everywhere in New York. I mean, little towns, Texas. I've done dinners everywhere, and, you know, and it's pretty amazing and seeing people's faces like, you're not serving wine? Well, 10 years ago, that was a big deal, and now they're like... I don't even want the wine. What are you going to make? You know. So. so how do you approach it? You know, when you when you take a men like it's, say for instance uh, me when I'm going to make a, a dinner at home and how do you, I, I I obviously I, I I would go to wine. I know how to pair wine with food right. and um, you know my husband Dave is a beer head so he'll he'll pair those types of things you know with food. It, how how do you approach it with a spirit? What is is there um, an easy way or is there something do you take in mind? Is there a, 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 a trick you can share? Um, yeah, make something you like because <laughs> that's always going to be the bit first start, that's right? True. So um, don't always do matchy-matchy because wine isn't always matchy-matchy, right? So yep. like if you're having something super meaty, uh, don't, you know, you're not going to serve the richest. You're going to serve the most tannic, right? To cut through the, um, the richness of it, right? So you follow the same rules. If something's rich on your plate, it's acidic in the glass. If it's something that's very light on the plate, then it's something, you know, maybe a little bit more um, uh, like herbal in the glass. So it's really very similar. And um, again, you know, if you're not a whiskey drinker, don't get whiskey because you think that meat or something goes with whiskey because yeah. it, it, you're not going to like it. Yeah. I always feel like if it's gin and you're serving something like that, then mix your gin with a, a red wine and make a sangaree or something delicious. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, one thing that I love about discus, and like I want to I, I, I say is discus brings us a lot of different alcohols from all over the world yeah. into our markets. And DC was a very, very small market of um, goods really up until about, I'd say 15 years ago, maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit uh, even later than that. And because Discus is in Which is the Distilled Spirits yes, Council so discus, for, yes, for... Yes, that like, was our acronym for normal. so long. So, yeah. so discus, or yeah. the council. We're, yeah. we're trying to rebrand, but everybody knows of it as Discus. Yeah. But. Well, there's a lot of members um, that live full-time in D.C. Yeah. As, well in, as, as well as New York. And, mm -hmm. you know, they wanted better products because they had all these people coming in and out. And they're like, well, what do you mean we can't get it? So the distributorships started really bringing in everything that was part of the uh, Spirits Council. And like. That was 
great for us. Like that was wonderful for bartenders in Washington D.C. Yeah, and I was just I was just going to add on to that as well. I mean, I think that while home bartending and people getting excited to make cocktails in their home, it might not have been as exciting, let's say, even ten years ago, because the stuff that they could get, I mean, it was it was sort of limited. So um, that's what's exciting about the industry right now is that there's so much for the consumer to choose from, um, and you know, kind of gravitate towards new things that they might not have been exposed to before. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's kind of the basis behind this show because so many people will ask, I don't know how, to, how did you know how to make that drink? How do you do that? Because I can you know, take cues from Gina um, when I have drinks at the house and, and just, it's, um, it's just, lear- it's like learning how to cook. It's, it it's really a very sim- the similar thing. Yeah. Like you can't have a fabulous dish with shitty ingredients. Yeah, yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> no, it's it, it's so true. And I mean, again, I th- I think it's such a testament to the mixologist because it gets the it gets the general consumer excited. You know, when I go to a really nice cocktail bar and I have an amazing gin drink that I might I might have been intimidated before if I just saw the recipe, and I see you know I mean don't get me wrong these mix you guys are amazing these mixologists they. They do yes. some really great work back there, yeah. but um, it's a little bit less intimidating when they're like, no, this is it's pretty simple. This is how you do it. You can alter it this way to make it easier at home. Um, so, yeah, so I think that, you know, especially cocktails bringing and getting transitioned into the home instead of just beer and wine is um, is, is a testament to, to our industry and, and where it's where it's been and where it's going. Absolutely. Um, so do you do, um, how, how are you breaking that barrier getting into people's homes? Do you have a, pl- I imagine that's a, that's the key, <laughs> right? That's like the, the magic. Yeah. So our, I mean, our job is we, we generally work with, with our members, um, in terms of just helping promote the industry as well. Um, and then in addition to that, working closely with mixologists, um, and just kind of exposing general consumers, um, to the to the sector to the spirit sector and then also giving them um, our role is kind of giving them tips and tricks on how to do it all responsibly um, so you know one of the the things that I had talked about before that distilled spirits council does is help promote alcohol um, in moderation and responsibly so we put together um, for this tales of the cocktail uh, conference we put together a, a fact sheet that's sort of evergreen in the way that it can go behind the bar, go into your home, um, and it's kind of five sti- five tips for responsible entertaining. Um, so, you know, that, that has everything to do with um, designate a bartender so they can uh, kind of look after how much everyone is drinking, um, ensure that they're, they're safe rides home, um, understand equivalency messaging. So, you know, distilled spirits isn't isn't higher alcohol than beer and wine. It just depends on how much um, how much you're pouring, right? So, 1.5 ounces of distilled spirits is equal to you know eight or five ounces of wine. Yeah, exactly. So it's so it's just um, educating the consumers um, to understand all that the, all those messaging. So then when they do bring it into their homes, they they can do it um, the right way. I feel that thing's really important. I think it's really important for our industry. Because you see, like, um, yeah. someone ponies up to your bar and knocks back four drinks, four glasses of wine. Right. They're like, I wasn't like I was drinking whiskey. I'm like, well, you just drank a bottle of wine. So, right, right, right. right. Uh, you know, maybe <laughs> I'm really excited when your friend comes and picks you up, or would you like me to get you a new? 
Yeah, yeah exactly. Right, yeah. right, exactly. And and I mean, the bartend, bartenders and mixologists are sort of trained to to do that. Um, you know, right right when you right when you go behind the bar, that's probably the first thing that they tell you. Um, but it's it's nice to as our industry is growing and people are excited to sort of bring the same hospitality that you get behind the bar and and share it with their friends at home. Um, you know give them the same sort of tips that yeah and rules yeah exactly tools and and rules exactly so um and i I would imagine that what also falls into that is making sure you feed everybody because that's you know everyone needs to yeah and i mean this goes this goes back to what we were saying before is that cocktails can be well paired with food um so you know make sure you have food to complement your cocktails um and then also another i think we already talked about four but another the fifth one as well is making sure that there are non-alcoholic um options available um for those who choose not to who partake. choose not to partake yeah, yeah that's exactly. great and not just make it something exciting right yeah uh, yeah i know mocktails are big right now and not, and not just ginger beer in your house yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. i feel like that's the biggest like cop out oh i got you ginger beer i know awesome i can't wait yeah this is awesome. the most acidic drink with yeah. nothing to cut it yeah. perfect it's it's a moscow mule minus the moscow okay. <laughs> just a big kick in your face yeah, basically exactly, exactly. Oh, your stomach's on fire that's weird yeah yeah <laughs> So uh, what, do you, what do you see trends that are happening? Because you, you, you're kind of outside. You're like, uh, you're, you, you watch the industry and um, be interesting to hear what you think is what, what kind of things are changing in, yeah, the, in the industry. And, and that's, what's, that's what's a cool part about being, um, being a part of this association is you have a very bird's eye view of everything that's going on. Um, you know, I did come from um, PR on the brand side before, and while I learned a lot, I definitely didn't have a, a full grasp of what everything of, of everything that was going on. Um, so, in terms of trend, I mean, one of the biggest things that we're seeing is the premiumization of of the spirit sector. Um, so, we're seeing a lot of consumers sort of trade up for their favorite spirits to more of like the high end. And again, this has to go back to just the sheer access that they're getting now at, in a, opposed to, you know, 10 years ago. Um, so for example, if you look at Irish whiskey um, in 2016, so just in one year, um, those the volumes were up almost 19%. Um, and then if you look at the... And just um, the higher quality or overall? That's overall. But then if you look at the two highest price categories within that, so um, high-end premium and super premium, I know this is getting like... <laughs> uh, so basically the more luxury goods. Yeah. Um, the, that, uh, the, that alcohol that's usually on the very top shelf. Yeah. So if you... I mean, a new a couple brands in terms of Irish whiskey, so like a Red Breast um, would be super premium and then yep. Jameson would be sort of high-end premium. Um, so those, uh, they grew an outstanding, so 736% from 2002 to 2016 for high end. And then this number is so crazy. I feel even silly saying it out loud. (laughs) Numbers are numbers. 3,456% for super premium. So yeah, from 2002 to 2016. So, you know, um, I mean, look at Dead Rabbit in New York City, right? Like they had red breast punches and all of that. And 
I mean, now people are getting excited about that because they know what those sort of, um, they're more, they're exposed to those kind of um, luxury goods. Um, and then even looking at tequila, tequila's, <laughs> tequila's yeah, yeah. going crazy right now. Um, Mezcal, tequila. Yeah, exactly. So um, they also, um, that category has also been rising. And in large part, it's due to the cocktail scene. You know, like look at Cinco de Mayo and that celebration. We're transitioning from just ordering a frozen margarita uh, and then into high-end tequilas on the rocks. Yeah. Cool. And, you, and you see it in all the bars, for sure. You see everything happening in the bars. First, right. Yeah, and then, and, then it's, and then it trickles down to the home. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I find it, it's, a, it's amazing. But again, then again, you know, one thing I, I admire is the fact that they advocate to get these products into the United States right. or get them delivered or get the better versions of Redbreast because people don't even realize that Redbreast has you know age and 15 year and 21 and 20, you know what I mean so yeah and it, it's it's crazy I mean I, I talk to some of my my um, family and my friends and they'll throw out some some you know brand product and I'm like how do you know about that so it's, it's exciting it's really exciting I mean me being in the industry I know but it's really exciting and I think it's a testament um, to the spirit sector of how far we've we've gone. Yeah. Um, and then I guess just quickly another another trend that we're seeing is sort of um, the humanizing um, aspect of the industry. So across almost every industry, um, you know, consumers nowadays are um, gravitating towards more of the authentic um, brands, ones that have like the interesting stories. Um, and this, what's cool about the spirits industry is that that's already embedded into all of these brands. Yes. I mean, you can go to a distillery in Kentucky and it'll be the seventh, you know, I mean, Fred No yes. is a perfect example. Exactly. It's the seventh generation master distiller. Um, whereas, yeah, so we kind of have, I guess our industry kind of has like a leg up um, on some of the other industries. So brand storytelling is is, oh, awesome. is always uh, as creative director. I will say that it is always the right way to build a brand because that it's yeah. that myth that something I can the humanization, like you said, it's something that I can relate to. That you've made a you you put a face and a voice um, to an an inanimate inanimate object that I right. feel a connection, an emotional connection because I have that story, yeah, which is absolutely. very important. And what's cool too now is is um, you know general consumers can go and visit these places and meet the people behind the products. Um, you know, there's the American Whiskey Trail or Kentucky Bourbon Trail, um, where you can actually go to these distilleries um, and. I mean, 10 years ago, the visitor centers were not there. Um, I remember um, Eddie Russell was just saying that if people wanted to come visit, they just knock on the office door and, and that's how they, they conducted. And now they have a beautiful visitor center over at Wild Turkey. Um, but, you know, I think that that's a testament, too, is that people can actually come and, and meet meet the people who are, you know, actually putting their hands in the products that, yeah. that are, you know, being sold globally. Well, it's great because then you get to be a part of that story. You feel like you are there. Like, the, it, it yeah, really you get gets to the essence it of it. More. Yeah, exactly. It's great. Yeah. Well, speaking of storytelling, <laughs> Gina? So, um, I got a little bit of information. What do you got? Um, that you like something refreshing, something with whiskey, something a little bit different, right? I do. So what we're going to do today is kind of give you a little bit of a history of the South Side, right? We all know the South Side allegedly hails 
from um, Chicago. And what the Southside was originally is a whiskey drink, a little bit of mint, lime juice, shaken up. And there's a whole bunch of stories that relate back to gangsters, Al Capone, how it became, what it was. So we're going to elevate it a little bit today, give it a little bit of a um, 2017 kind of feel, right? We're going to make you gangsta. Cool. So <laughs> it is. Uh, so what I have in here is we're actually going to use uh, Sazerac rye because we are in New Orleans. And we're going to use uh, fresh mint, a little bit of holy basil, lime juice, and then a bit of a Rabina simple syrup. So we're going to shake that up, and then we're going to uh, double strain that into a chilled coupe glass. And it gets no garnish after that because it has everything that it needs, so I'm just going to give it a little shake. So you break that down again, two ounces? So it's two ounces of Sazerac rye, and then it's about five leaves of um, spearmint, five leaves of holy basil, and you can substitute any herbs when you're doing this cocktail. And then it's a half an ounce of Rabina simple syrup, and you can use plain simple syrup if you want. And then it's just mixed with um, a half an ounce of lime juice, shaken up, no garnish on top. This drink is super fragrant and it's served in a coupe glass and if you don't know what a coupe glass is it is um, reminiscent of um, a boo. so well, it looks like a champagne glass. you know if you want to learn how to make that simple syrup or find out what kind of glass that is you'll just go to designateddrinker.show you'll get the full recipe as well as an example you'll see what that drink is so kelly what do you think it is delicious. And you guys couldn't have hit it more on the head because my fiance is from the south side of Chicago. He's not a gangster, <laughs> but he's from the south side of Chicago. So thank you so much. This is awesome. So what, what, what kind of flavors are you finding in there? I mean, it's exactly what you said. It's so refreshing, but it has the sort of robust whiskey taste and especially rye taste. Um, so it's, it's perfect. Sorry, I don't. Um, I, thank you. I appreciate it. I am like, uh, you know, I just wanted to please you. I didn't even know you're. I feel like I nailed it with the with the fiance. You really did. Know. You really yeah, did. You. I love that. Speaking of spirits, well, you you know what it you know what time it is, Gina, and we know where we are. So it's last call, and since we're not in our own, we're not at our own bar. I guess it's time to close up shop. We don't have to go home, but we have to get the hell out of here. <laughs> So you're doing the dishes? <laughs> Damn it, again? <laughs>